Ready? Ready. Hey, all right, so now. So, hello everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Two of You Podcast. On today's episode, I am joined by the wonderful and incredible, the amazing Alex uh, Thomas mm-hmm. and Kelly Spell. Is that correct? That's correct. Hey, how are you all doing today? Doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing swell, man. I'm very excited to have you all on. Yeah, we're excited to be here, no hey, doubt. So, now. so if I'm... If I'm not mistaken, Alex, you're from Columbus, Ohio, correct? I am. And Kelly, you were born and raised in New Orleans? I'm a New Orleans native. Yeah, hey, it is. Yeah. It is. I want to, I guess I'll uh, start with you guys. And um, tell me about your, and I've never been to Columbus, Ohio, man. So mm-hmm. tell me, what, what was your childhood like growing up there, man? My childhood growing up is pretty mainstream, okay. you know? Uh-huh. Um, middle class family. I went to public schools. My parents told me, get a good job, right? Get a great degree, make some money, you know, raise some kids. So I want to do the opposite of that. <laughs> so when I saw ballroom dancing or dancing in general as a career, mm. I was like, wait, I get to party and travel all the time? Hey, this hey, is a career? Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. How did you, um, yeah, I guess jump right straight into it. How did you get introduced to ballroom? Did your parents dance or? My parents danced a lot and that was a, something that they did, but they weren't like trained. They just oh, loved dance together. Okay. You know? So I always witnessed that as a kid. Yeah. And then the way I got into it is because people told me, make your passion your profession. So I've heard yeah. that before you. So when I heard that, I was like, okay, what is my passion? What do I love to do? Yeah. And when I was in college, uh, I loved to party. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I saw a ballroom performance and I thought that it looked easy because these people were professionals. They were world class. They made it look easy. Look easy right? right? They made it look easy. So I pursued the guy and I said, hey, will you teach me? Will mm-hmm. you show me to do what you do? Do you, uh, you know who this was? Yeah. His name was Igor Iskakov. Okay. Yeah. He represented the U.S. in the world championships oh, wow. back then. This is uh, back in Columbus? Back or? in Columbus. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. He was a little Russian man. He was like five foot four, five foot three. But he was larger than life. Mm. Yeah, he was sort of like Prince and Barishnikov put together. Okay, this guy, yeah. yeah. So he was just charismatic, and I just started following him around, and he taught me how to dance. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, oh, we'll get into all that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into all that. Uh, Miss uh, Kelly. Mm-hmm. So, you, yeah, born and raised in New Orleans, correct? Right. Tell me, uh, please tell me about your, you know, your childhood growing up mm-hmm. here. So, I went to Mont Carmel for high school. Okay. Um, as A younger kid, I was in acrobatics and gymnastics. Mm. Um, Then in high school age, I got into springboard diving. I did that for LSU for a year. Uh, I always had something. It seems like, you know, each decade of my life, I had something that I was focused on. Acrobatics as a younger kid, springboard diving after that. Then in college, I got into martial arts. Okay. I ended up doing Muay Thai and mixed martial arts. Wow. Fighting. You know, I had opportunities to do some amateur fights. Through the United States, oh, Europe. Wow. Uh, I got to fight in China. Really? Yeah. What? Um, That's something you really, can't really judge cool. a book wise cut. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I had some really cool opportunities uh, to see the world yes. because of that. Uh-huh. I had a martial arts studio for a little while on Jefferson Highway. Oh, my. okay. So you were serious about it? Yeah, no, it was a big part of my life. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm honest with you, Ms. Kelly. You are you know, small in stature, but <laughs> I can only imagine what you can do. <laughs> Yeah, you know, some people who know me back in that day, uh, my reputation still precedes me. Okay. Those people. And, that's all, I mean, that's yeah, awesome. I love that's it. so I cool. I it. And um, there's, every once in a while, I'll walk past a gym or a heavy bag. Yeah, uh-huh, right. You start to reminisce, that. right? <laughs> so it sounds like you, um, you know, you've always been an athlete then, huh? Always something very active. Mm-hmm. After that, um, 
coincidentally, when Katrina hit, mm. I was in Central America, and I ended wow. up staying there for a while. Um, that was the next decade of my life. And during that time, I kind of got into yoga and surfing. So I went from kind of one extreme to the other. You're right. Uh-huh. From the, you know, Intense. really hardcore martial arts into yoga mm. and a little more peaceful yeah. side of my life. And I didn't get into dancing until I met Alex. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So last month in June, that marked two years for me for dancing. That, okay. Wow. Yeah. I would never have guessed that. Yeah. I'm very curious to hear, though. Um. I guess, you know, how did, uh, did you have family here when Katrina hit? How did that affect your family? Yeah, so I was on a little vacation in Costa Rica and I fell in love with the place. My son was four years old at the time and I was, I was determined to go back to Costa Rica and introduce him to another culture. I thought it would be really cool for him to learn, you know, ABCs and uno, dos, tres, and okay, the, the Spanish? one, two, okay. three. Okay, right? so I, know, yeah. I found a little preschool that was bilingual. Um, and I just I figured I'd spend about three or four months there absorbing another culture. Uh-huh. On about day ten of my trip is when Katrina hit. Oh wow! And we were in such a remote area of Costa Rica that I caught the initial reports before the levees broke. Mm. So I saw that the storm had hit, and I was like, okay, everything's going to be okay. And I didn't watch TV again for about another two weeks. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. And I, in passing, somebody's like, wait, you're from New Orleans, right? Have you seen the news? It's like, well, I know a hurricane hit. <laughs> but uh, that's when I you know, got to the closest TV and turned on CNN mm. and saw, right. oh, my God, that's my town. That's yeah. my high school. That's my neighborhood. <laughs> and uh, it was it was hard because I couldn't get in touch with friends mm. and family. Uh, just I guess the power, I guess power right and everything. Power was, outages, right. and phone outages. So it took me about twenty-one days to actually speak to my mother. Wow! Fortunately, somebody had gotten a message to me that everything was fine. Okay. I don't have any siblings, but the same thing with like my best friend. It took me over two months to get in touch with her. And uh, it was just a really eerie time. That is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I took one of the first flights back to New Orleans when they let international flights back in. How long was that, do you know? That was at about the two-month mark. Oh, that's and still a long time. It was still curfew and coffin flies and National Guard everywhere. Right. I just took a look around, and I wouldn't have known where to start. So I took, you know, about three weeks later, I went back to Costa Rica. Okay. And that's when six months kind of slipped into a year, slipped into two, and all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, I live here. <laughs> so hey, how long were you down in Costa Rica? Ten years. Really? Yes. I was in Espanol? Claro que sí. All right, okay, bueno, okay, bueno. Right. Uh, let me ask you this, though. I, um, I'm very curious, you know, just about Katrina. We'll get forward on it, but... Yeah, how 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 did your parents, you know, affair? Everybody was affected, but okay. Okay. So fortunately, we didn't have any tragic stories. I mean, that's, that's good. That's yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. So, you know, besides me being uprooted, but that was just a beautiful chapter of my life. Mm. So I understand. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh. Um, and I took Alex there last year. Okay, because we're planning get... on going back in August. Oh, it's yeah. paradise. Man. I will, I say I got to hear about. It. Please tell me about Costa Rica. Yeah. I've never been. Well. It's a very small country, but it's very diverse. Mm. There's a Caribbean coast and a Pacific coast. Uh, It's about the size of West Virginia, maybe even smaller, but it has four mountain ranges. Mm. And some of those ranges are still active volcanoes. Okay. It's it's an island, right? No, no, no. It's um, north of Panama, south of Nicaragua. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in this tiny little country, you can go from coast 
to rainforest to cloud forest, active volcanoes, uh, beautiful beaches. There's some areas that have dense population and some areas that still don't have electricity. Okay. It's one of the most biodiverse places on the planet. So no. I could talk this whole podcast just about Costa <laughs> I, mean, I would love Rica. to hear about it. I'm super it. passionate about yeah. it. And if anybody listening ever wants to you know, take a trip there or go back, I have plenty of recommendations. Okay. I'm, I'm curious. So you say you lived there from t- 10 years. What, what mm-hmm. time frame was that? That was from 05 until... 15? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. oh, you've been back in the States too long then. Yeah, no, it's new back to the States. <laughs> and, you know, I took the advice of some friends and family when I came back and they said, oh, nobody lives in town anymore. So I ended up landing on the North Shore Mm. and lived there for a year. If you're from the North Shore, no offense, but I've renamed Mandeville Blandeville because I couldn't find anything to do. And one of the things I I really wanted to do and was searching for was dance. Mm, I I have co-workers who live in North Shore. Yeah, they uh, got to come to New Orleans or, you know, come down here to East Shore. Yeah, so I found myself driving the bridge several times a week just to see Causeway, the people. right. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah, to see the people I, I enjoyed and do the things that I enjoyed. Mm, yeah, I understand that, yeah. So. I'm, I'm curious. Um, yeah, I guess going back to Costa Rica, I want to hear about this. <laughs> you know, um, I guess what made you fall in love with it? What was so special about it? Well, they have a saying there, Pura la Vida, pure life. Okay. And I really believe that they experience life differently. Mm. It's... Um, in the moment and kind of truly lived when things are going bad, they talk about it and the friends and family are right there to support you through it. Um, the people are extremely proud. Even some of the poorest people that I ever met, you know, living in a shanty shed, um, would be so proud to show you what they have and offer you what they have. You know, if you're in their home, they would run out to their favorite papaya tree, pick a piece of fruit and give it to you. Yeah. It's just really, really open hearted people that are proud of their culture and proud of the beauty that it has. Mm. So that was amazing. My daughter was actually born there and I never for a moment felt like she wasn't being attended to. Okay. There were so many sets of eyes on my children. You know, they could be running down the beach and people would be like, oh, where's your son? Oh, I don't know. Oh, well, isn't that bad? No. No, it's somebody's different. watching. Okay, it's different. There's, different there's just it. such a different, you know, the whole tribe raising mm. the children. So I loved that part of it. Um, another part that I loved was my children experiencing that they would come to the States to visit and not understand why their cousins or friends were upset that they didn't have the latest iPhone. Okay. They're like, wow, they have a phone right. and they're not appreciating it just because things were harder to get. There. Yeah, of course. And it wasn't overrun with as much commercial items. So mm. yeah, it's just a very different way of life and it's, uh, you know, considered one of the happiest places to live. Okay. And I think it's just because of that mentality of we love what we have and we treasure it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Was it, um, I guess, what made you go down there? Was it just a random? It was just, uh, initially I wanted to go learn how to surf. Okay. So, no. so I was searching for um, surf schools in California, in Brazil, in Mexico, but I wanted one where I got off of the plane and everything was taken care of until I got back on. Okay. So I found this little surf school that had your ride from the airport, your meal tickets, your activities, and your surf instructor all taken care of. And um, it was this tiny little, originally a fishing town, uh, turned surfer town, and um, three dirt roads 
but I fell in love with the area. And uh, what, what part of Costa Rica then were you? It's in? the Central Pacific Coast called Dominical. And that's where you lived. That's where I visited first, and then ended up living. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very curious. Um, I guess how did you? Uh, how were you able to pay for all that? Can I ask? Or yeah, you had to um, work down there. When the whole Katrina thing happened, I had a little freak out and didn't know what to do. So there was a surfer bar there and I asked the lady I said hey this is what happened I don't know how long I'm going to be here I've been bartending you know from okay. New Orleans and blah, you had blah, a skill. Blah. that's awesome and uh, she let me jump behind the bar hey. and pick up a couple shifts a week and after that I mean I did everything from I worked at a furniture shop I when I was right after I had my daughter um, I didn't want to have a real job so I set up a beach chair and surfboards and a chalkboard. And hey. I called myself the beach chair concierge. Sure I sat there with a cell phone and booked tours for people. Nice. I rented surfboards, um, just kind of hustled on the yeah. beach. And, you know, every time I'd rent a tour, they'd pay me five or six bucks per person, which at the end of the month added up to half of my rent and grocery money. Okay, so sure enough. It was just a hustle, but that I enjoyed is. That's what it. It sounds it was a hustle like. on the beach. Yeah. So. And I guess that's where you kind of perfected your Spanish, right? Did you go down speaking Spanish? Or? No, no. And still, I don't call myself fluent, but mm. very functional. But you were in that environment. That's the best way to learn it, right? And then the goal for my son to speak Spanish while wow, he's fluent. That's he's awesome. spontaneously fluent. That's he's, awesome. He's taught and tested. So he a sponge at that age, right? He yeah. He soaks up everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he got the um, presidential award for Spanish excellence at his school, and he said, "What a joke! I slept through every class." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so sure no. Yeah. But by the end of it, I was working at a Coldwell banker, doing vacation rentals mm. and property management. Okay, so kind of running a team of uh, people under me. Okay, it was, yeah, it was a. A real life. So yeah. life follows you wherever you go. So it follows your ambition and how hard you work. Mm. So, okay. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. But part of what I fell in love with there was how integral dance is as part of that So is, is it a big thing down there? Of course. You know, every barbecue you have, the music's on, the food's going, and everybody's dancing. Is it, uh, I guess, salsa? A lot the of mangrove, salsa, bachata, but, okay. and uh, cumbia. Cumbia. Okay. So enough. So enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I, I imagine you dance that as well, correct? Yeah, I do. I enjoy salsa and bachata a little more. Um, mm. But anytime a cumbia comes on, I'm looking around to see who's jumping up and down. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> no, I guess you. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah, but that really opened my eyes to, you know, how it's not just about the steps. Oh. You know, it's really an integral part of life. Everything they do sure has enough. those three elements, oh. family, food, and dance. Okay, sure enough. Sure enough. And I we don't. have a lot of that in New Orleans, so it felt at home. Oh. Okay, yeah. so yeah, I guess that's why you kind of resonated with it so much then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I guess as I'm very curious, man, going back to, um, I guess going back to when you were first learning, was it swing? What, what did that guy do? I'm sorry. What he did, he was an international Latin dancer. Latin dancer. Yeah. So the ballroom, ballroom Latin, or yeah, ballroom Latin. Okay. Yeah. So, and what does that include exactly? That's cha cha, samba, rumba, pasa doble, and jive. Right, it's a couple yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm very interested to hear, man. Um. I guess, tell me about your beginner stage when you were learning all of that, man. Mm-hmm. So I was an athlete. I played college sports. I played okay. baseball. Okay. So I was... I see you playing baseball. I said. Yeah. <laughs> I was about 200 pounds. Okay. You know, I was uh, working out all the way. time. Yeah. All right, so, so I kind of moved pretty... I don't know how to put it. 
animal like is the best way I can okay, put it. I was just a little bit rough, you yeah. know. So when I was first learning, I was definitely really awkward. I, I struggled at it, but I had a hunger to be able to work hard. Real quick, real quick, did you did you not have a I guess a desire to go professional at MLB or um I did. Okay. I did. And yeah. What happened? So when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I was actually skipped ahead grades. Ah, you so, smart kid. <laughs> I mean, I was in a smart school. And okay. so it was just, they did it where it was called Learning Unlimited, where you had to get pushed ahead. Uh-huh. So when I got to high school, I was... You were younger, um, right? I was about to be 12. Oh my goodness. And so, wow. yeah, so we held me back one year, but I was 13 as a freshman, right? Mm. So I played, I actually made it to the varsity team when I was 14. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So I was 14 and a sophomore, I was playing varsity. Um, what was your position? I was an outfielder. Okay. So. Yeah. So then my junior and senior year, I was 15 and 16, right? Mm-hmm. So I was really, really young. Yeah. Our team made it to the state championship. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, you know, led the team in hitting, led the what? team in home runs. Awesome, I was man. awesome. There was a guy that got drafted on our team. I hit better than him. But honestly, I was 16 as a senior, not 18. So I'm, I went to Division Two for oh. college baseball instead of Division One. Because you were so young? Or- I mean, well, the thing was, if I was 18, I would have probably had every record there ever was in the OCC. Instead, I just have like the records for my high school, you know? And so if you break all these records, you're clearly going to be Division One. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, as 16 and a senior and then 17 playing college ball, um, I went Division Two instead of Division One. It kind of messed up my dreams for okay. major leagues. I started on my team and we went to the College World Series at 17, but I decided... This isn't for me. I have missed the boat. Okay. You know? Okay, yeah, I, I missed the boat. So that's when I transferred into dance. I was like, I need to go do something else. You know, looking back on it, I should have stayed with baseball and I could have danced later on in life. I should have been able to do it. Yeah. But as a kid, you know, you're just going to go for whatever. Of course, man. So yeah. when I, yeah. So when I started, um, I actually started and I took ballet classes. They said, you started too late. You know, I took jazz, um, I did tap, I did African, I did everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I found ballroom, that's when I found a way for me to actually be able to move forward and succeed. Okay. Yeah. 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 So go back, go back to the beginning stage, you say you kind of animalistic. I was, man. I was just kind of like, I was rough. Mm. I was really, really Mm -hmm. rough about it. But I would work really hard. So Mm -hmm. I learned my routines and I got a great partner. Okay. Um, And they paired me with this girl from the Ukraine and her and I just like trained. We trained like professionals right from the get-go. Okay, because that's what we saw in our coaches. Yeah, and so everybody in the studio did that. So what studio did you attend? It was called Columbus Dance Center. Okay, yeah. Okay, and out of the studio, there's tons of people that have turned pro, oh. that have been champions, been yeah. anything, and it's really the environment that the teacher created. Mm. We didn't know at the time; it's all we knew. It's like just how we did it. Right, right, right. Yeah, now looking at it, it was a pretty special place. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Man. And so, were you were you in college at that time, or had you already graduated? Oh, I dropped out. Oh, you dropped? Completely? Yeah, just, I was like, just forget it. Full time dancing. Full time dancing. Okay, yeah, you went all the way in. I man. went in. Yeah, that's awesome. I went bro. in. Yeah, people are like, "What are you doing?" Mm. I'm like, "I'm making this happen." That's hey, what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. Tell me, man, how did your how, how did your parents feel about that? Um, they said, "Listen, when we said make your passion your profession, this <laughs> is not what we meant." <laughs> so no, <laughs> I didn't. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, they were not supportive. Oh, not at all. Not, I mean, I'm slightly. Okay, they were like, um, this is a phase, right? Like, you're going to mm. get back in school. We're going to do this. You know, they became very supportive, you know, later on down the road. Okay. Yeah, down the road. They started yeah. really supporting me and being all in. Mm. But at this, the time, it was hard. Let me ask you this then, man. For maybe maybe somebody out there, man, who um, whose parents might be doing the same thing, man. Yeah. I will make you this. 
why did you not go back to school? You know, I guess, why did you stick with your passion? Even the parents were telling you. So I never meant for this to be a career. I okay. just wanted to dance and perform. Okay. Right. That's all I wanted to do. So when I did it, what I was doing is I was just pursuing dancing and it cost more money. So I had to teach more and it kept costing more money. So I had to open a studio and it kept costing more money. So I had to have my studio grow. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, I had a huge studio, but I was like, I don't really want this is back in Columbus. Yeah. Okay. I don't really want a huge studio. I just want to pay for my competitive dancing. Mm. You know, that was yeah. my goal. Um, so for someone out there that wants to do it, mm. you can absolutely make a career in it. But I want you to know that it's way harder than you think. Okay. Yeah. And if you are not, you know, willing to work 24 hours a day, seven okay. days a week, you know, and not, maybe not have, you know, all the money in the world, you shouldn't do this. Okay. You got to do it because you love it right, more right. than you love money and more than you love security. You got to do it because you love it and it fulfills a part of you. But if you're doing it because you want security, you need to go be an accountant. Okay. <laughs> how, how old were you when you, when you started? You think? Um, when I really started like pursuing it, I was 20. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I started dancing when I was nine and I took classes growing up, mm. but when I really pursued it, I was 20. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I understand that, man. Yeah. That's, that's intense, man. Yeah. And so, um, I guess I really want to know then, um, I guess, you know, how did you all meet that? How did that come about? Well, um, I swiped right. Okay. And she said yes. Yeah, sure enough. <laughs> that right. I took her out dancing. We went to the Always Lounge. I couldn't fail at that as a first date. Okay. The date went really well. Hey. And then we were like, let's keep dancing. And then we went to Frenchman Street. And we're literally like dancing from club to club to club. It was amazing. Hey. And then I was like, hey, let me try something with you. I just felt like I could do it. I spun her in. I got her up above my head. All right. And I had her up in the air immediately, like right away. And I was like, do you want to dance like really dance you want to do this and as soon as i you know we're doing this we had this conversation there was a group of ballet dancers that happened to be in new orleans at the time and they go oh my god who are you guys that's beautiful it was on easter it's an easter miracle look at you two and for some reason i took that as a sign i was like is the universe sending me a person that i can dance with have a life with be able to do all of this of course you know hopeless romantic one date we're getting married we're yeah. in it. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i fell in love and the rest is history we're hey, just here awesome. now yeah. okay so yeah you i was in back in new Orleans at that time right yeah sure enough and you you were using tinder you weren't joking no yeah tinder, okay yeah sure enough yeah okay that's yeah. awesome i mean i didn't know anybody i just like got myself settled yeah. i had an apartment and a car and i was yeah. like all right let's go meet people yeah so yeah, let me ask I you had this. just come from costa rica okay. so i didn't even know i'm like how do you meet people and they're like well you get on you know tinder. these apps okay so these, enough. what <laughs> online dating is just new yeah mm-hmm. what uh i want to ask you what brought you to new Orleans, alex well, what brought me to New Orleans is in Columbus, um, I decided to get out of dancing for a little while, mm. and I wanted to do something else, mm. right? And when I wanted to do something else, I was working in nightclubs. I was a club promoter for mm. this place that brought in a bunch of EDM DJs. I ran a like party bus business. Okay. I tried real estate. None of it I did very successfully, and I hit a dead end. Mm. It just wasn't the same. It wasn't the same passion for, for the, the like, dancing was. And there was this tattooed chick that played the guitar, right? And she's like, I'm moving to New Orleans. You want to travel the country with me for a little while? And I did. I went with her to New York. I went with her to West Virginia. She brought me down to New Orleans. We moved in together. Six days later, she put me on the street. Okay. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. What happened? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. She just like changed her mind. She went back to her other boyfriend. But I was like, I moved here to be with you. You invited me here. Yeah. I didn't know anybody. So I'm like literally like sleeping out of my car. 
right? And the reason I came, the reason I was excited about it was because there was no professional ballroom dancer here. There was no big studio. So I, I was like, how can this place with beautiful music culture, beautiful dance culture, not have a person that does what I do yeah. here? Yeah. So I decided to come. And then after I did that and I was on the street, I was like, I can't go home. Right. I'm going to make this work. Yeah. So somebody let me stay on their couch for a month. And I started doing Uber. I started driving okay. back to Columbus teaching lessons. How far And I made that? it work. 14 hours. Oh, wow, man. Yeah. So I was driving back and forth every back weekend. In, what? Yes. That's the only way I could survive. That's dedication, man. Yeah. But I wanted to, I wanted to make it work here in New Orleans because I saw that there could be something beautiful here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I understand that, man. Yeah. So, um, so you were telling me, though. Yeah. Say you moved here. You got put out and everything. Yeah. Um, and you were driving back and forth, just trying to survive, man. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, um, I guess, tell me about that more, though, man. You know, you're just driving back and forth, just hustling, I guess, right? Um, and then you run into Kelly, or like, what happens? Well, once I was driving back and forth, and it was working, and I had some classes going on here. I was teaching at Dance Quarter, right? Oh, okay, okay, and, yeah, yeah. And I was going back and forth. What, what, what year was this, man? Do you know? This was 2017. Okay, this is kind of recent, man. It sucks. Yeah, it's 2017. This is. Um, like the summer of 2017. I moved here October 2017, man. Okay. And you, I think I met you teaching Brazilian Zoo. Yeah. I think that's how I met you. Yeah. Yeah. At yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Over there. That's where we met. Yeah. yeah. I was over at Dance Quarter too. Okay. Yeah. So January is when I moved. About summertime is so when I started to get stable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was brand new. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, when I was going back and forth, when I met her is when I started to get stable. Like everything was like going good. I wasn't gonna try to date a girl when you're like living out of your car. You I know understand. What I'm is that is that, is that, your, is that your current situation, man? Um, for a while. Okay. Yeah. Man, I was like out of my car. I was like living at somebody's house. You know. Couch. Yeah, couch yeah. to couch to couch. Hey, man. Once I got a place and I was like settled and I felt like everything was cool, then I figured I could start dating and meet okay. people. Yeah. yeah, man. That's yeah. intense, man. Yeah. And that was April because it was Easter when we met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How'd you uh, How'd you get introduced to Brazilian Zoo and, and Tina? Well, Tina's the first friend I made in New Orleans. Okay, nice. So I went to... She's so nice, She's so nice. I just had her on the show as well. Did you? Yeah. I'm glad to have her on. I went to a salsa event, and here's this beautiful girl, smiling, happy, friendly with everybody. I was like, that girl's not going to tell me no. Okay. I'm going to go ask her to dance. Okay. Right? So I went to go ask her to dance, and while we're dancing, she's like encouraging me. She's like, oh, that was great. Essel. Da, 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 da. I was like, this girl's amazing, she's right? So nice. I know. She's so nice. So we made friends and she, you know, started talking about Zook and how much she loved it. And her dream was to bring Zook to New Orleans. she's doing. Yeah. You know? And so because that was her dream, I was like, all right, I'm all about it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. You know, let's make it happen. So we would meet up and practice. And it was her and her boyfriend at the time. And then me and Kelly. And we would just practice Zook and we start learning and training mm-hmm. in yeah, it together. Yeah, yeah. And it was really, I guess, Tina Spark that started it mm. for the group of us. But then her spark spread and it yeah. started to hit other people. And then people started teaching it. Her and I taught together. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and now a little community's like popped Showing up. up. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, tell me this. Um, I guess for both of you all, um, I guess tell me about your beginner stage learning Brazilian Zouk. How, how, was, how was that for you? Um. Well, because I've taken so many lessons in other styles of dance, right. I translated it to other styles. Mm-hmm. And I could see that this is a style that's been around for a while, but has a lot of room to grow, and it's going to grow cri- 
quickly. Mm. The trend is going to happen. Yeah. So I actually took onto it really, really fast. Okay. The challenge was because the follow has such a difficult part. I think both parts. What I think they both difficult. I don't know. A lot of the zoo guys just stand there and they're just like, <laughs> okay, so true. They're like I mean, you are right. Yeah. You know, some of the zoo guys can so really true. dance and they're rocking it, and I think that it's grown a lot just in this last year. You know, but at first I was like, man, this is a style I can get down with. This is amazing. But what really moved me was the music and the way that it made both partners feel. Mm. I never felt a dance that sends you to another place okay. it would elevate you or transcend you to a place that you and your partner went together okay you know yeah. it was like dance nirvana i believe it i loved it yeah. you know so honestly just doing the basic moves i would feel that but then you start seeking out more and more right. and trying to do it mm-hmm. um yeah i mean my beginning stages were just like everyone else it was a struggle a struggle <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i definitely understand that yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. there was hope though also uh, so it made you chase it yeah you you had been in that beginner stage before in a previous, you know, thing, so you you understood what it was, yeah, and what it took to get better. Well, I tell you what, Zook did for me is I was actually burnt out on dancing, but Zook made Something me love dancing right? again. New. Yeah, mm. yeah, it made me have a passion for dance in general. Okay, yeah, and that's something that I kind of got to witness. Okay, um, Alex is a great dancer, but watching him do Zook, he was a different dancer. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So there was something a little different. We uh, ended up going to a festival that was kind of centered around Zook. Invision, um, sorry. Interfusion. Interfusion. And uh, went to a bunch of Zook workshops. And for me, you know, being new to dance right. and new to Zook, it was an awakening. But then watching him, you know, have that passion and drive yeah. and discovering something yeah, he likes, together right? was really, really mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of when we came home from that, when we were like, okay, we got to really do this dance thing. And we started talking about maybe a studio yeah. or what we were going to do in the future. And, uh, you know, now that all of that has materialized. Right. Really, really See where funny. you came from. Yeah. <laughs> I want to, I would Hey, if you can leave a like and subscribe, that would be amazing for the channel. Let's get back to the video. I want to, I would definitely, fast, I, I want to get into all of that. Mm-hmm. But I want to ask you, Miss Kelly, tell me, mm-hmm. please tell me about your beginner stage when you were learning to dance and everything. What was that like? Very different because I was learning to you? dance with somebody who had okay. 18 years of experience on top of me. <laughs> I understand. So, that um, probably, did that help at all? I'm sure it did, yeah. but also in a way it was intimidating. Or intimidating. I understand. I understand. <laughs> yeah, and I jumped into it thinking it was just going to be, you know, like you have two beers at the bar and you go do a salsa. Yeah, you've been too professional, right? Uh, and, right. And here I am trying to get to a level of potential performances. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, hoping to be an instructor one day. So I was on the fast track. Yeah, definitely. And, um, takes a lot more than I thought. Okay. Yeah. And I've kind of been the type of person where things have come a little easily in my past, Mm -hmm. you know, like the martial arts and everything else. Um, But this, you actually, for me, I've had to put in the work. Okay. Yeah. And I still feel like I'm not quite where I need to be. Okay. I understand. So it's that daily practice. It's thinking about, did I go to the gym? I need to go to the gym. If I don't go to the gym, I'm not going to be as good on the dance floor. Mm. You know, I need to think about and arrange your life a little differently to be a dancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I'm curious. Um, you know, I guess it seems like you know this is kind of difficult for you, or it was at one point. What what kept you going? Why did you stick with it? Why did you not give up? That is a great question. Um, she almost I, did I, I, many times. There's been a couple times. Okay. Now, honestly, like some people know their drive for dance. I, I don't really have that answer. Um, and I've thought about it many times. There's one particular event in my life that's kind of driven me. When I was little and I was in acrobatics, um, I did try to do a jazz class once. And I had that teacher that looked at me and she said, kid, you better stick with acrobats. And okay. she put me out of the class. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And I was... <laughs> that can hurt, man. It, it did. That, that, it that did. And, and it gave me... It, it reverberated in my head, and I always thought, I can't dance, I can't dance, I can't okay. dance. And it wasn't even until, you know, in my 20s that I even tried partner dance. Okay. And uh, But still, I had that in my mind. You can't dance. You That's can't that dance. one instance in your life that like, just changed. Yeah, yeah, so wow. But it's kind of made me want to, and yes, I can. And it's not that I have to prove anything mm-hmm. or have to prove her wrong. You know, she's... Uh, just something she said to yeah, a kid. That's probably something she might not even remember anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Um, but there's there's something else that drives me to do it. And to be honest with you, um, there was a point in my life where I was just like, what am what am I going to do next? What do I want to do? Mm. And I kept having these vivid dreams about dancing. Okay. And uh, well, this back in Costa Rica, I guess. Really, it actually was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I had gone down to one of those remote places that I was saying doesn't even have electricity. And I was just kind of contemplating life. I said, that probably give you a lot of time just to think, right? Yeah. You don't have too many outside distractions. Mother Nature's right there in your face. So no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it all kept coming back to dance. And there was a point where I thought I was going to leave Costa Rica. Um, my grandmother was a little ill. This was in 2013. And uh, I was reviewing some emails the other day and I saw one from 2013 and it sparked that memory that back then I was looking for places to dance when my thought was to leave Costa Rica. Uh And then when I did end up leaving, you know, a couple years later, that was heavily on my mind. Where am I going to go? Where's there going to be good dancing? Mm. What am I going to learn? What styles are out there? Yeah. And, uh, so meeting Alex was like, you know, divine intervention. Yeah, sure enough. Yeah, <laughs> Here's somebody yeah. who knows 30-something. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'll never catch up to him, but uh, <laughs> hopefully. I mean, but yeah, like you said, you're on the fast track, though, you know? Very much Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, you'll, you'll get there. I have no doubt of that. Yeah. She's there. I, I believe She's it. She's there. We're I'll practicing say, every day I'll now. say that. Yeah. I've seen, um, I just want to say, what was that performance you did at... Uh, Tanya's. Tanya's. Oh my goodness! I told you that was an incredible performance. <laughs> Seriously, appreciate it. Seriously, yeah. it was. Would you consider that cabaret or that's cabaret? Yeah. Okay. It was. It, was, it had tango elements, but it was I, exactly. Cabaret. I saw that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, Thank that you. was incredible. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. <laughs> of, course, of course. We went out with power on that one. That one felt good. Oh, okay. Yeah. It looked good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So tell me, um, so I don't. I don't really know much about cabaret. What does that entail? Is that it means that you're dancing more in the air than you do on the ground. Okay, okay. Yeah. So it's very so, trick-based. It's very lift-based. So that, that your, your background in acrobatics probably helped with that, right? It yeah. does. There's a, a big difference in acrobatics, and I think I struggle with this, because when you get in the air as an acrobat, you almost get kind of this statuesque 
posture. You're very stiff. You're rigid. Mm. You're holding your line so hard, and you're judged on how long you have to hold the line for a certain amount of time. So it's you're almost like not breathing, not moving, really, really stiff. Um, and dance is so fluid, okay. especially something like Zoog. You know, right. you feel that fluidity, and that's what I've had trouble with. Okay, you know, I want to put my arm out there. Super stiff. Okay, okay, it's okay. Flowy. Yeah. So it's literally dancing in the air, mm-hmm. not just holding a position. Okay, I understand that. Yeah. 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 In a true cabaret, you're telling a story. Mm-hmm. People are sitting on all four sides, so you're on the floor with them. And the beginning of the dance, they hear the story or they see it. The middle of the dance is the rising action of the story. Mm-hmm. And the end of the dance, they get a message. Okay. Yeah, so you're trying to tell that story with your partner. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And. So tell me, how did you get introduced to cabaret? Is that something you had already been doing? Or? Well, um, ballroom, everyone knows, is a pretty egotistical style, right? So they just do every dance in known demand, right? Okay, and one of them they do is, is cabaret, and they oh, do okay. it really, really okay. well. Um, and so I got introduced to it because I was taking lessons to make my other dances get better, but I was introduced to some great champions. And I had enough lessons in it that – and I was you know, kind of strong for a dancer that I could do it. So meeting a person with acro experience, uh, it was a cinch. Don't you know. know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's like a match made, man. It worked <laughs> out, yeah. Yeah. I, so tell me, man, um, I guess, you know, coming down to the wounds and everything, um, have you experienced, you know, I guess, any of the West Coast Swing, the Lenny Hop scene down here? Have y'all happened oh. in that? Lindy Hop has – that's where we first started dancing and that's one of our loves. Okay. We so love no. it. Yeah. Okay. I love Lindy Hop so much that I'm – getting rid of East Coast Swing and Ballroom. I think East Coast Swing is bouncy cha-cha mm-hmm. and it doesn't represent the music at all. Well, what do you mean so, getting rid of what you mean? I mean, when, when I in, in my oh, own okay, dancing, okay. I don't. I do true Lindy to the best of my ability. Okay. I do, try to do Charleston to the best of my ability and take what they do at East Coast Swing and just put it to, put it aside. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Lindy's where it's at. Okay. Yeah. West Coast Swing is incredible and there's a great scene here. Um, it's just... We're it's not just not my thing. Yeah, she's okay. not in that one. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Is that – uh, oh, oh, I was just going to say, in fact, that's kind of what we strive to do with our dancing is keep, you know, the authentic roots but the technique and style of sure ballroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for example, salsa, we want to have that grit and that, that, that feel yeah. but have great balance, great technique, and great footwork. Yeah, yeah. In swing, we want to have more of the Lindy look but, you know, be spot on. Okay. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Is it um, is it more so that you don't resonate? Are you resonate more with the music? Like, what makes you resonate with Lindy? So that it's really about the music. Okay. So um, there's such a technical focus in ballroom, and it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. But so often you're so focused on the technique that they will leave the music, the culture, and the roots behind. Okay. When I listen to the music and I watch Lindy or Boogie Woogie. I'm like, wow, that goes so well with the music. Mm. And if we're dancing, that's that's it. If I watch East Coast Swing, what they're doing in ballroom, I'm like, well, it looks pretty on video mm. if I have the music off. If I turn the music on and listen to There's it, no it's, it's not connected. It's not connected. It's just, it's just steps then. It's, it's, just... it's beautiful posture and lines and, you know, and you're really trying to please the judges rather than please the soul. Mm. And I think if you focus on just, you know, expressing yourself from the inside and connecting to the music, Lindy Hop matches it perfectly. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that's what it's about for me is just trying to express the music correctly. Mm. Uh, real quick, have you heard of a Shim Sham? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I just got introduced that to this morning. I've never seen that before. It looks pretty cool, though. Yeah. All right. Well, the swing world has so many. I didn't types know this. Yeah. I, I'm asking, I've never taken a swing class. I, I, I 
feel like I wasted my time in New yeah. Orleans. Um, <laughs> but there's some great swing instructors here. Okay. You gotta go and world check class. it out and okay. just go into the world a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I definitely should. Yeah. I want to. Um, let me ask you this real quick. I guess you know, going from you know competing, which is trying to please judges, right? Yeah. yeah. I guess to doing. I guess we're doing now trying to please you. So, um, yeah. How was that transition been? Like, if you understand. Well, the transition's been great. Okay. It's made me love dancing again. Okay. Because uh, a lot of ballroom dancers, they get disillusioned. Okay. Yeah, they dance, they put their heart and soul into it, and they're left with nothing but a really cool run that nobody knows about. Okay. Right? I mean, that's what I don't really... It might just be me. I don't really know too many ballroom superstars or anything. Yeah. Well, for a lot of people that do ballroom, what happens is you spend a lot of money on coaching, on costumes, okay. um, on traveling, and you don't have anything left at the end of your career. Mm. And people realize, wow. I've got to stop. I've got to go and get my life together because right. I've spent so much money and gone into debt doing it. It's not just me. It's everyone. It's just mm-hmm. how the world is. Okay. You know? So in dancing, that's what made me kind of leave it for a little bit. But then I found that love again when I started expressing the music correctly mm-hmm. and being authentic. Okay. And then that brought me back. So that transition for me has been actually wonderful. It's made me be a more inspired teacher. It's made me enjoy practice. Okay. And it's put me on a journey that feels correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And when we do go to a ballroom competition and we express the music, the judges perk up more. And they're like, nice. who's that couple? Okay. Yeah, we are putting a little bit of like bachata in our. Oh, I so know. Yeah. You know, Lindy in our swing. So, um, you know, we've come off of the dance floor and I've had the camera. And photographer guys going, when are you guys dancing again? Okay, that's awesome. You know, the judges are clapping on their clipboard. That's awesome. They're just excited to see something that doesn't look so staunch. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because you're probably incorporating, you know, everything you know, right? Yeah. Instead of just that ballroom experience, right? Yeah. Well, I think that's everything. the new style right now. I mean, with the shows, So You Think You Can Dance and World of Dance, a fusion is really happening. Fusion, right, right, yeah. right. And so when you saw Derek Huff's live tour, he took contemporary dancers and he was doing salsa and he was doing ballroom and he was doing contemporary okay. and he's doing hip hop and they did it in a way that they just fused it all together and that's really the new style yeah it's something new yeah. different yeah so i understand it yeah, yeah. yeah so i mean i thought i made it up but obviously everyone's on the same track <laughs> okay so. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the fun things is kind of the more uh new we make our style the more authentic and old it is because we're going back to the roots of the Mm. dance. You know, for example, um, one of our coaches is from Cuba. Okay. Her master's degree is the folklore of Cuban dance. Okay. So we're learning about the Orisha. Yeah. Yemaya and Oshun and, you know, putting that into our dance makes it feel like it has this antiquity and, uh, you know, a root to Mm. it that's super deep. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So all of the dances that we love to do have these roots and uncovering the roots is just Mm. making dance more fun for us hmm. so uh i guess it's safe to say at this point you both are professional dancers or right, full-time dancers or what full-time i guess maybe he'll always be professional okay um when we go to ballroom comps we compete as pro-am okay okay um i don't necessarily want to be a professional ballroom dancer okay. but i wouldn't mind being one of the both best pro-ams out there hey. yeah is this your full-time let me, let me ask you, full-time though we are full-time though. okay that's, you know, what, that's I meant. what we do seven days so, a week okay studio. yes yeah yeah okay so I guess um let's let's talk about you know rhythm and smooth or mm-hmm. uh, what made you uh what made you you know want to start that 
Well, what we were doing is we were teaching at four different locations. Okay. So I was traveling back and forth and I was losing time and I was late for lessons. Okay. And I was actually told at two different places that I didn't have enough students to be able to stay there. Okay. So I was asked to leave. Okay. So we literally had nowhere to teach. And I was teaching at four different spots, you know, at the time, and it was too difficult. So we really opened Rhythm and Smooth because we had to, Yeah, you know? And so when we did it, you know, we got a space and it was a lot of money to be able to open a space and take that jump. But our students that we had stuck with us. Nice. The marketing that we had stuck and took root and we just have made it happen, That's awesome. you know? Yeah. And so now, you know, we're both teaching together full time. We've actually created a little dream life where we go to the studio, we practice, we do our business meeting, we teach all day together, we close the studio down, we go home, yeah. eat dinner and do it again. Okay. Like, yeah, we're on a roll right now. That's so awesome. things are good. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Marissa dances with us. That makes it super fun, you know, to have my daughter there. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it's truly a family business. And, it is. You know, everybody knows what's going on in her life. Okay. And, you know, yeah. I want to um, ask you this day, you know, uh, tell me about, I guess, you know, what is it like owning a dance studio, you know? Mm-hmm. What, what is that like? Um, well, I've been doing it for now nine years owning okay. the studio. Okay. And nine years before that, I worked in them, you know? So you used to kind of yeah I'm used to it. The key to owning your own business and the key to being an entrepreneur is living by schedule because you don't have anybody telling you what schedule to do. And I think that's where most entrepreneurs and artists fail is that you've got to create a system for the week and you have to live buy it without anyone telling you to do it right it's not that businesses fail it's not the studios fail it's that people fail to operate within a system okay yeah so if you don't show up and do your own training and do the business training and make your phone calls and check your email and teach your lessons and follow the procedures and do your accounting and you just kind of let it run willy-nilly it'll never grow okay so that's that's really what we try to live by is a disciplined weekly system mm. yeah i think what a lot of people don't know about alex is he had the fastest growing studio in the nation when he had a studio in columbus okay really that's yeah. awesome yeah. yeah but that was that was a long time ago and now i'm just happy to have the, what we got right now that's the accolade yeah. and that's why he knows what the system of success is okay. yeah and the other thing that he's been so generous to offer, you know, hey, whoever wants to come learn the system, this is when we have teacher training. We do okay. it three times a week. Okay, that's awesome. We have an open door. Anybody that wants to come learn from us, we, you know, we're not keeping anything, any secrets. Yeah. We want to see. Our goal in opening the studio wasn't just about dance. It was to have a place where artists can be artists mm. and make money in their craft. Okay. You know, what we love seeing is great dancers getting out there and teaching lessons but you know we hate to hear that they're washing dishes at a pizza shop or something right, you know, right, we right. want them to have the same skill set yeah. and know how to make money and have the business mind yeah. that he's successfully created. not there's anything wrong with you yeah. know being in a humble spot because we've all been there yeah. you know it's right. just that it's, it's possible and there is a system there's a chance for them to do a full time if they of want course. I mean, yeah. that's, that's pretty sure that's what anyone yeah. would want yeah. yeah if you don't mind man, I would love uh, there might be some listeners out there right now man who who might be kind of, you know, going full-time with their, mm-hmm. their desire. Um, mm-hmm. Could you maybe tell me some, maybe some common mistakes you see or maybe what, what are you teaching that teacher training, can I ask? Yeah. That can help people? So I tell you what, the common mistakes that I see in New Orleans in general and just maybe anywhere is that what people do is they do what everyone else is doing. Okay. And they think that's going to work. But if you have 30 people in an industry and you're all making the same social media post, you're all teaching the same group class, you're all going to the same social events, 
you got to zig when other people right, are zagging. You yeah, you got to differenti- differentiate yourself. So another common mistake is people try to really focus on their dancing and their social media, and they don't really have any of the business part of it to really s- make it substantial. Okay. Um, when I first got here, the first thing I did was create a marketing funnel. Okay. I created a way for me to get new students regularly, and I've been perfecting that funnel ever since. And so uh, another mistake that people do is they're like, I'm going to host classes. And I hope people show up. You need to create a chance for people to show up before you even start your class. Okay. You know? And go into that. What do you mean by that? So like um, if you look at traditional business, the way they get customers, you got to find a way to generate leads and get people to come into your class for very cheap. Okay. We have a way that every lead that we get right now is about $6 a lead. And so we just run that same system every week and be able to make it work. And that's how you, that's how you do it. Okay. Um, some of the things that we do is we do Groupon. Right, we do road signs. They're amazing. Everyone sees these road signs all over town and come in. You know, we do guest parties where our students invite people in, um, and we just really go out and dance with people. And when we're out dance with people, they ask us to come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think doing that first, having the marketing part first, is the key to actually starting teaching classes and starting as a teacher. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to, uh, I guess teach class when no one knows about you right well, there's nobody there it doesn't matter exactly, exactly. it's like you might have all the skills in the world you might be able to do every trick you might have the secrets but no one knows about you right it matter, man. yeah so sure yeah. no so sure no yeah um i guess i want to i want to ask you both this question um you know you've been asked for a while now what are some things that you've learned from dancing that you're able to translate to your everyday life mm, that's beautiful you want to do this? Go for it. All right. So I want to hear from both of you. Yeah. For, for me, I feel like dancing is really um, a part of personal growth because whatever's happening for you off the dance floor is going to translate onto the dance sure floor enough. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes we don't want to approach these things off the dance floor. But when they start showing up for you on the dance floor, you start to recognize yeah. that they're there in both places. So for me personally... One thing that I have learned through dancing is about being able to set your state of being or to set your emotions in the right spot. Like you have to have a different emotion for cha-cha as you do for rumba, as you do for swing, right? And you can't be the same way all the time. So if you learn how to set your emotion and do that, well, then you can do that in a podcast. You can do that on a date, right? You can do that when you're in business. And so it's really about being able to set yourself in the right state of mind. And I think that skill is so incredibly valuable, you know, so incredibly valuable. But then I also see it for my students. You know, students come to us. They just went through a divorce. Their heart's broken. They're not even thinking about being in a relationship. They start dancing. They start feeling happy again. They start dancing. They start dressing up. They start being more confident. They're out dancing. They meet some people. A spark happens. And they're willing to give it a try because they've healed through dance and then they make a new relationship and they're back into a better place in their life. So something I've seen is that dance is a really powerful way of transforming people and helping them evolve. Mm. Okay. I understand. My answer is very similar. Just the the therapy that dance offers. Yeah, definitely. Never once gotten a phone call. That said, hey, I want to get a better lockstep and cha-cha. Okay. <laughs> you know, nobody really comes to us for the steps involved. Mm. Um, and it's our job to discover in each one of our students why they're there. Mm, right. And to 
show them that dance can be the answer to whatever it is. Yeah. You know, as he said, we have people who have recently broken up or um, people who have very low self-confidence and see this as a way to put themselves out there. Uh, guys who don't know how to talk to girls. You know, we're, we're not just coaching how to do a step. We're really opening up people's hearts. Yeah. And I believe that um, motion is tied to emotion. So once you get the body in motion, hey. it's, you know, a way to release the negative emotions and to let the positive ones in. Uh, yeah. So taking that into my life and just, you know, realizing that everybody that's around me has that story and uh, just being compassionate in other areas of my life through dance yeah. and finding that compassion for people and allowing them to have that personal growth and to find my own personal growth. You know, I believe it or not have horrible stage fright. Okay. I, I can have tell. extreme confidence issues and dance is getting me to work through all that. Mm. You know, I don't, <laughs> I told Alex, I said, you're going to do all the talking today. <laughs> and here I am, the Mike hog over here. <laughs> so I, um, I definitely have grown as a person, and I think that reflects in all aspects mm-hmm. of my life. You know, mm-hmm. as a mother, as a in relationships, and in business. Yeah. I want to. Um, I, I want to kind of go back to what you just said about you know, I guess having stage fright and everything. Mm-hmm. For maybe someone else out there who also, you know, has stage fright, you know, gets scared. Um, I guess what advice can you help? Can you give them? You know, I guess what? How do you overcome that? Mm. Um. Well, the best advice that Alex has given me is just to connect to him. Okay. You know, he's connected to the music. That's the beautiful thing about partner dance is you have your role as, you know, him as the lead. His job is timing and direction. So he's already showing me where to go and when. I just have to complete the move. Okay. And it's really having that partnership and somebody to depend on. On the dance floor and off, you know? So that's the beauty in it is just to be able to relax, put the confidence in your training and the confidence right. in your partner. Okay. Yeah. And so so it's been life-changing because I am a control freak. Okay. And I want to tell everybody else what to do. <laughs> so dance has really gotten me more to that listening side mm. and um, settling into the moment instead of anticipating oh, what's coming up. Especially, especially at following. Yeah. As I'm following a dance. Yeah. I try and follow my girl sometimes, and you know, it's you have to give up control, which Absolutely. is very difficult. It's, a, it's hard to stay in that. Oh my goodness, yeah. it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so I understand that. I definitely mm-hmm. do. Yeah, and that's one of the things with uh, you know we try not to depend so much on choreography. Okay. You know, because then I get into the, well, that's not what comes next. Well, that's not what I led. Okay. You know, and oh. it's, it's again, you just have to breathe, relax, and be present. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely understand that. So. I want to, um, if you don't mind, I would like to ask about your daughter. I forgot her name. I'm sorry. I'm Marissa. I'm Marissa. Um, yeah, I guess tell me, how, how has that been, you know, growing up or, you know, growing up teaching her mm-hmm. and everything? What is that like? So her upbringing being in, in Costa Rica was very different. You okay. Know, it was just every day on the beach, no real agenda, no time frame. That Pura Vida life can uh-huh. be beautiful, but it can also be very lazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you surf only when the waves are good. You go out only when it's sunny. Otherwise, it's a, a just kind of a manana mentality. Mm. Um, so for her to make the transition now into an athletic world, a structured school, and now structured dance, it's been a little bit of a challenge. 
and also being uh, the parental coach. You know, she's always going to push boundaries more. We watch her in, um, you know, she's in acro gymnastics at Crescent City Gymnastics. And I watch her with those coaches. It's just, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, and do it. Yeah. Okay, okay. And um, with us, it's <laughs> a little bit tougher to get okay. her to do things. But, um, Overall, we're winning the battle. Oh, gosh. <laughs> she's a, I mean, she's a jungle kid. She just wants to literally lay on the beach and just chill. <laughs> I mean, Don't okay. we all. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and then, so, and that's fine. I mean, she has her playtime. But I mean, the thing is, she showed such a, a talent. The first time we took her out to a salsa congress, she had a complete standing ovation. Nice. Everyone's crying. They're taking pictures oh, with wow. her. I'm like, what? What is that? What here? is that? One? <laughs> and I, like, it was such a. It was to the point that I was like, now I can't let this girl not reach her potential. Mm-hmm. So when we bring her to the studio, we've made it as fun as we can mm-hmm. to get her to practice. Mm-hmm. And then when that doesn't work, we make practice her practice. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, she's been practicing and working on it. She's doing that contortion and acro. And this beautiful little star is starting to emerge, you know? And for us, that's a huge inspiration as we want to see her journey and see her grow. Especially in she's it. starting at such a young age too, man. Right. That's, oh, man. Well, it's almost like we have to do it because she's, um, you know, anybody who knows her knows how charismatic she is. Okay. She has this ability and she has since she was a little baby where when she's in the room all eyes are kind of on her okay. her name since she was a baby has been La Chispa okay. cuz she is the spark she's okay just, so no you know she's got it See, there's yeah. that it factor and mm. if we didn't develop it and didn't teach her how right, to right 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 she would have that hindsight of going, God, I could have, should have, would have. What I've learned, though, is the key to developing her is not having us teach her, is to be able to pay other people to teach her. Okay. And for us just to enjoy dance with her and make it fun all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the key. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, I, I, that's Because sometimes, even I, just myself, I might not want to my parents. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so to have someone else, some fathers in them, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And this will come back to you and you'll kind of just reinforce it, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, the thing is, we're, her and I are going to perform together until she finds a partner. But if I can have other people instruct her and build her skills, mm-hmm. it's going to be so much easier for her yeah. to grow. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's a special experience for both of them to be able to dance together, too. Oh, my God. That's amazing, man. <laughs> I saw the video. Yeah, yeah. I saw a video. I love yeah. it. I love dancing with her. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's really cool, though, because, um, I mean, you have, you have backgrounds in acrobatics and you have a professional experience, mm-hmm. man. So, She's getting the best of both worlds right there, man. She couldn't ask for a better combination. Yeah. yeah. Well, truly, I've danced with a lot of people, and a lot of people are good, and you, you don't have to have talent to dance. Like, okay. You just have to have a hunger and a desire to do I, it. I understand that, right. But this girl has true talent. Okay. In a way that I'm like, hey, can you try this move? This is what I'm thinking. And then she does something better, better than what I created. Ooh. I'm like, where did that come from? That's awesome. <laughs> you know? And yeah. she, she really doesn't have any limits. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of us just getting her the right yeah. you know, road to mm. go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I want to ask you this real quick. Um, you know, um, how would you, or could you, maybe, how would you define success for your dance business mm. if you could at all? That's a great question. So for me, the success would be in having a full-time staff that's okay. all successful. Okay. Because I want to see the talent that's here in New Orleans working on their talent and their craft full time mm, yeah. to share the things that I've learned and to give them to other people. And honestly, if they work at our studio long-term, great. If they go open up their own studios, great. Mm-hmm. I just want to see people propel forward and be able to do it. Yeah, um, That's success for me. The other thing that's successful is that you know we're able to live a comfortable life. You know, if we can have 
cars that the air conditioning works <laughs> and the windows roll down and when we hit a pothole it doesn't break we basically need a tank but so if we can buy a tank i think that'll make us successful right. <laughs> what do you think baby well, i think there's points of the success that we've achieved because we are full-time instructors yeah. you know and some people just do it part-time wishing they could be full-time mm. so you know what we talk about and strive for in our week is having about 30 hours of private lesson between us, a couple group classes, and uh, we know each. each, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're not far off from that, and as he said, we've got a really, really successful marketing channel that brings us, you know, the fortunate situation of meeting new students each week that's awesome yeah so we're introducing more and more people to dance we love when we get you know those couples that are looking to reconnect and we can create some spark and magic back into their relationship and uh we watch them come in for their dance class and know that they're going out for a romantic dinner afterwards we love when um our young students come in our kids we have a kids team yeah yeah Mm -hmm. So when we have, you know, the kids coming in, learning not just how to dance, but the etiquette that goes behind it. We teach the boys how to be little gentlemen and ask the lady to dance. We're teaching the ladies how to, you know, be ladylike and and hold that stature in the studio. Um, You know, we hope that it goes outside of the studio. We, you know, we just have such joy. I got to share a little more on that if I can. Is that all right? Yeah. So my goal when I first came to New Orleans is I wanted to create a studio a team of instructors that all believed in the same philosophy that dance can transform people to create a community of students that all look out for each other, that have a connection with one another, that are friends on and off the dance floor and support each other. And that that creates a community of dance that isn't here right now, Mm -hmm. which would be centered around it being all communities, but more ballroom, Mm -hmm. right? And that that community would send a positive ripple where if someone was in need of emotional support to be able to find a place where they connect, um, to be able to have a new relationship, they can plug into that and that ripple stays in New Orleans after we die. Like I would love to be able to, after we pass, that that community is here in New Orleans forever. Because apparently it was here. There was a the number one studio in the country was here before Katrina. Oh, uh, what yeah. was that? Do you know? It was a Fred Astaire. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's then, like a chain, a chain, right? Or it was what? A chain. Yeah. 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 But they were the number one studio of all the studios all throughout oh, the wow. world. Yeah. Oh, and so wow. if if it's possible here, because of the way New Orleans is, then it can be possible to happen again. Mm. And so I want to be able to create that that dance family that dance. Tribe. That's what it exactly. sounds like, yeah. yeah. For sure. That yeah. sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Let me uh, let me ask you this real quick. For maybe um for maybe like you know, someone who's a beginner mm-hmm. in ballroom or salsa, you know, bachata, anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but they feel like they're not getting better, like they may be stuck in a beginner's rut. Mm-hmm. You know, what advice could you give them? Um, stop looking for your teacher to make you better. Okay. If you want to be better, you need to turn turn the music on video yourself and look at yourself right Mm -hmm. and then you see yourself and then you go back to the video the youtube star and you try to get a little closer okay so no there's no teacher better than you 
you need to be able to have self-awareness and practice time. Mm-hmm. You can go to the class and the, the teacher will tell you where the next step is, but you've actually got to take that step. Mm. So that's the way to get better. Um, another thing to do is to get many teachers. Okay. Yeah. You don't want to dance with one person and be loyal just to them. Be loyal to them. That's good. But you want to go and learn from everybody right. and learn all their skills. Right. And then once you take lessons from everybody in town, you need to go to all the congresses. Right, and go to all the big events to start traveling. And you need to take that broader experience and bring it back here. But it definitely comes down to having an enjoy, a joy and a self-practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Self-practice is huge. And just your level of exposure, you're only going to rise to your level of exposure. Right. So if you do have that teacher you're loyal to, ask them, say, hey, who did you get coaching from? Mm-hmm. When's the next Congress coming up? What do you recommend I do? These Congresses are great because you're getting just jam-packed. Right exposure right. to these world-class dancers. Uh, they're having social events where you're just getting spun around the dance floor by so many different people, and everybody you touch, you're getting a little bit from. Mm-hmm. But don't drink all night and then <laughs> sleep through all the classes, which is what I see everybody do. Uh, you yeah. travel there, yeah. Right. I mean, get your party and in, be done at like midnight, and get up and go to class. Yeah, that's, the where, that's where the benefits are, right. the value, right? Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Let me ask you, uh, you know, maybe for someone who is intermediate, mm-hmm. And they want to get to that advanced level. Mm-hmm. What does it take for them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when your self-practice, um, it's not just the self-practice. You have to do things out of the studio to make yourself stronger. Uh, what, that includes eating right, going to the gym, reading the right material, surrounding yourself by positive people. You want to lift yourself in up inside and out so that your dancing is a direct reflection yeah. of your positivity in life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's really... The jump between intermediate and advanced is so small, and it's usually a mindset. Okay. Show enough. Mm -hmm. Show enough. What I see is I see that men are afraid to ask a lady to be their partner. I think they're afraid to ask, and they're afraid for a rejection, so they don't do that. I think women are afraid to commit to a partner because they think there's a better one out there. That person that you should be dancing with, that everyone knows you should be dancing with, the two of you should become partners. Okay. And you should practice. And it's the person that's in your closest you know, sphere of influence. You might teach with her. You might go to class with her every week. You might hang out. But you're not practicing and you're not being a partner. You need to team up and start studying dance together mm-hmm. and practicing and doing it. And you need to find ways to perform once a month. If you had a performance together that you can do once a month, no matter what it is, and each time you do it, you make it better, you're going to start getting noticed, and you're going to go from intermediate to advanced, and you're going to go from advanced to known. There are so many beautiful, talented people that are not partnering right now, and I'm like, what are you doing? Just grab a partner and go do this thing. I know you love it. Oh, I want to leave myself available. I want to da-da-da. Well, you're going to stay at that level forever. Sure enough. You know? You're going to stay at that level forever unless you pick somebody and pursue it. Yeah. You don't have to date. You don't have to fall in love. If you do, great. But it really, you need to fall in love with dance and share right, that together. Right, right. Yeah. I definitely understand that. I mm-hmm. definitely do. Yeah, yeah. There's a pretty good acro community in New Orleans. Oh, really? One of my uh, acro friends said it best. He said, why would I date my acro partner? I've got so many people outside of the acro world that I can mess things up okay. with. <laughs> my acro partner is so rare and so hard Show to not. find. Like, let me cherish that. Yeah, not, not seriously. Let, you know, if it develops that way, it, that not going to force it. But um, otherwise... I got to get my practice in. Sure enough, <laughs> I don't want the fight about who's doing the dishes to get in the way of my acro practice. Sure enough, I so, that. you know, we, we have gotten to the point where we've had to compartmentalize our 
practice and our relationship. Okay. You know, I used to take it very, very personally when he would criticize my dancing because it was, you know, him criticizing me as a person and our relationship. But uh, no, it's just dancing and mm. it's what we have to do for business. Yeah. And get that part done. That's on video. And <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I want to ask you then, you know, um, you know, give me some tips then for maybe someone for, for couples who are also dance partners, you know, how can they help with car, um, car, Compartmentalize. <laughs> yeah. I think the way to I think the way to do it is to um, say as little as possible. Mm-hmm. So, what do you mean by that? Well, like when you go to practice, um, you really need to keep your mouth closed. Uh-huh. It's kind of like the tango community; they don't talk when they dance. Right, right, right. That's the key. There's nothing really that you need to say with your words that is actually going to influence the dancing in a very positive way. As a matter of fact, when you're in a relationship, you can sometimes be too vulnerable and hurt each other. Mm -hmm. So when you go to practice, you should warm up solo. You should practice your stuff solo. You should play some music and dance, video it, talk about that, do it again, and then stretch and be done. Mm -hmm. If you do as little talking as possible, there will be no fighting and no wasted time. Yeah, so that's, that's the key to doing it and keeping it short. 30 minutes, 45 minutes, you know, not spending too much time on it, but keeping it really productive. I think that's the key to it. And then also getting regular coaching. And if there's something you want to talk about, ask them. Bring it to the coach. Hey coach, what do you think about this? Instead of, listen, you're not holding my hand right. Yeah, I'm not getting this from you. I'm not getting it from you, right? Then it's a problem. It gets naggy if, if, uh, no, that's the best thing. We try and once a month or so get outside coaching. And sometimes that requires us to travel. Um, There's also amazing coaches here in town. So we really, you know, we're blessed that we have a network of strong people. And uh, exactly that, you know, I'm able to say, hey, coach, I don't feel like I'm getting this from him. And that person will nicely explain, well, you need to try this, that, or the other. But if I would have just brought that up, you know, it might have ended in a bad practice for us. I understand that, yeah. I think if men are anything like me, they want to get it right and they want to perfect it. And that's not actually how you motivate um, your partner. If you want to motivate your partner, she needs to feel right. She needs to feel perfect. If she feels correctly, she's going to dance correctly. So it's all about how you make her feel in practice and outside of practice. And that's the result you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. That's big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure enough. Mm -hmm. I guess you. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you uh, this real quick. I want you both to answer this. Um. Mm -hmm. Could you give me one tip that can make anyone a better dancer immediately? I think you need to act as if, right? You need to not put your own insecurities and your emotions in it. You need to become a different person and act as if you are a dance god, right? That you're coming in, you're holding your crown high, you're standing tall, and you become this different person on the dance floor. Mm -hmm. You can play whatever character you want. If you want to play shy and meek and insecure, go ahead, right? But if you want to play confident and strong and sexy, do it. Yeah. Yeah. So you by creating that persona and being that persona, I think that would change it for anyone. Because it's not the moves you do. It's not the tricks you have. It's how you actually feel about the moves you do and how other people feel about it watching yeah, you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Sure enough. Yeah, we have a you know saying for some of our students, you know, fake it till you make it. Yeah, it is. You know, if you um, pretend like you're already there, you're going to get there quicker. And that's, you know, that same thing that we touched on is kind of that mindset. If you're of the mindset, I'm a great dancer. You know, you just look yourself in the mirror and I'm a great dancer. 
you're going to become a great dancer. Sure enough, yeah. yeah. That's that mindset, the mentality, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I want to... Um, I want to thank you both, you know, really for taking time out to talk to me. Yeah, man, thank you. I thoroughly really enjoyed this. Yeah. yeah, it's been awesome. It's been a great experience for both of us. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Let me ask you this. Um, I guess what are some of your upcoming events? You know, what do you have going on in your life? Well, right now what we're doing upcoming is we're actually we're looking for a new space. Okay. Yeah, so, where we um, got into a positive situation where us and another business could be switching locations where it fits for both people. Okay. So we're going to be living at our studio. We're going to have, you know, the chance to have an alcohol permit. We're going to have parties with a second story balcony and a backyard courtyard. So what we're doing right now is we're really trying to get that space, you know, secured and build it for the community. Um, I know the community's lost its Wednesday Latin nights. Yeah. We want to bring that back. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We got a a spot for that. That'd be so Um, awesome. And then for any bands in town that want a place to play, you know, we've got it. So there was a place called Club Silhouette that used to be here in New Orleans and that was another huge hit for all the dance community because they had a bar and it was for dancers and it really wasn't about making money at the bar it was about just having a place for people to go dance mm. and we want to bring that back for people yeah, yeah. so that's where we're at right now yeah. what, what else no, I agree um, I think you know we do a great job with our private lessons but we've been a little limited on group classes and socials because of the space and we had a curfew there so having this new availability and new space we just kind of want to be you know where are you going to go tonight oh we're going to kelly and alex hey, yeah. Yeah. Hey. going to rhythm and smooth so we're excited about this opportunity and just see nothing but potential in it. Yeah, that's awesome that's awesome yeah definitely um i guess you know that's when uh how can people, you know, get in contact with you? How can they reach out to you? Mm-hmm. The best way to get in contact with us is gopartnerdance.com. Okay? So, yeah, if you check us out online at gopartnerdance.com, um, it has our availability, our classes. You can actually book a free lesson to be able to try it out. Nice. Yeah. But really just find us in the community and let's just talk. Okay. Because I think the most important thing for any relationship is that you have one. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's the place to start. Yeah. I like yeah. It. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, I really, I really want to thank you so much, you know, for taking time with you today to talk to me. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I said, man, um, I was saying any last words, I guess. Or anything? Yeah, we just looking forward to seeing everybody on the dance floor. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah, it is. There, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So if you're out there, share this podcast. It's two left feet podcast hey, hey. here with Terrence Grier. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, so man. Oh, of course. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank um, it. Thank you guys for doing this episode. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you, man. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so hey, everyone. Um, if you made it this far to the end of the video, I want to thank you so much for just, you know, um, watching this. I, I really hope that you found value in this. Um, my whole goal in this endeavor is, you know, to give a voice to people, to dancers, and and to give value to, to the dance community. Um, so if I'm not giving value, it's kind of pointless. So I, I strongly urge you to please comment and let me know where I can improve, what I need to do better, what, what I'm doing wrong, and, and hopefully what I'm doing right, you know, but my overall goal is I want to give content. I want to I want to be helpful. So please, please let me know where I can improve upon. Um, 
I'm new to all this, you know, so I, this is, I'm learning as I go. So um, I need like feedback, please comment and just let me know how I can improve. I would greatly appreciate that. That means the world to me just to, to be able to interact with you all, you know, have a conversation with you and, and just, you know, see what you like and what you don't like. Um, that means the world to me. I love interacting with you all. It means so much to me. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for making it this far into the video. Um, you know, I gotta say, uh, please leave a like, subscribe. If you don't like it, then let me know why not. Um, hit the down like button, hit the unlike button. Um, but, you know, um, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it.